mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Are you trying to do it all and do it all flawlessly? Break away from the cult of perfection with best-selling author and founder of Girls Who Code, Reshma Sajani, on her podcast, Brave Not Perfect. Each week, Reshma explores ways we can be braver in our everyday lives because bravery is a habit you form. She'll help you build that muscle so when it really matters, you're ready to take on life's challenges. Tune in and subscribe to the Brave Not Perfect podcast wherever you're listening right now. Hey guys, Kayla here. Candace and I cannot wait to tell you about our next live podcast. It's September 4th. We have amazing guests coming from Harvest Home, and they're an organization that supports homeless pregnant women in Los Angeles. We will be at the W Hotel in Hollywood. It starts at 7. It's a free event, and it's all ages. So we have all the information on our socials, but if you're going to be there, RSVP, so we know to expect you. WSSCandiceKayla.eventbrite.com. 
That's wsscandiscayla.eventbrite.com. Or you can check out all the info on our socials. We cannot wait to see you there. Hey guys, it's Candace and Kayla and we're directionally challenged. Yeah, we thought we'd have it like all figured out by the time we were in our 30s. And do we? No, (laughs) we don't. But we are going to stop and ask for some life directions from someone who's definitely figured out a lot about life. We have Jennifer Howell on today and she started this amazing organization called Art of Elysium and they serve hospitalized youth, special needs schools, inner city schools, elder care facilities, homeless communities and veterans. I think they're even working on some of the prison youth. Yes. I mean, basically, if we learned anything from our sit down with Jennifer is that the Art of Elysium serves just the community Mm -hmm. and that's what it's really about. And they serve the community by bringing everyone together through art. Yes. And it's such a fascinating, Candace. how do you feel about what does art do for you? When I think of art now in my life, I think of my three-year-old saying, mommy, I want to paint. Mommy, I want to glue these sparkles. Uh, That is something that she is always up to do. And it's the thing that makes me put my phone down. It gives her undivided attention. And I always feel better after we do a project. Now I will fully admit sometimes it gets me a lot to get to that point. Cause then I start thinking, Oh, I gotta wash the paint brushes. <laughs> and then hopefully this is the paint that washes out of clothes. And now there's glitter all over the <laughs> table. Um, But when I let go of all of that stuff that really doesn't matter and just see the joy on my daughter's face, I feel really connected with her. And also, funny enough, actually, my husband and I were just in Seoul recently and it was really, really hot outside. And I'd found this little cafe. Not Seoul Cycle. Not Seoul Seoul Cycle. Seoul, South Korea. And it was really hot outside. And um, I'd found this cafe because they have all these really fun crazy cafes there where you could go and get tea, coffee, and then also like make a cell phone case. Um, I saw this and I was so jealous. I think it's the coolest thing. (laughs) And I, I mean, my husband's 39 years old. And again, it was very hot outside. This was an air conditioned place, but the joy and the focus on his face and my face of just like two adults sitting there with like iced teas, spending over an hour, like picking out charms to glue on a phone case, like as two grown adults that I actually felt like it was a really bonding experience that's, on this. That's the lesson. No matter what age, no matter who you are, art is something that can heal you and uh, make you connect with whoever it you're doing it with. It just makes you stop and just connect. And there's so much noise in the world. And it's really, obviously we need to pay attention to it. You cannot tune out, but sometimes you need to tune into yourself and tune into the people around you mm-hmm. and like tune in just by, I, I mean, I think Jennifer says it best just by making eye contact with someone. Mm-hmm. Do you and Tanner ever like craft together or All make art? Oh yeah. You yeah. guys make tons of art together. You guys are constantly we putting each it. other on tape. Oh, and, well, yeah. not only that, but we will just put music on and paint and really? just like shut out the world, silence our phones. We haven't been able to do that since we've had a newborn baby. It's kind of changed <laughs> things a little bit, but I do just think that art is something that is so important in our lives that really when we get busy, it's the one thing we disconnect from and don't do. But there's a really cool quote on Art of Elysium's uh, website that I read that it's, it says art enables us to find ourselves and lose ourselves at the same time. And I love that so much. Guys, we have such a wonderful conversation with Jennifer Howell coming up. And we are here with Jennifer Howell. Hi, Jennifer. Hello there. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. (laughs) 
So we want to talk about Art of Elysium. Let's talk about <laughs> it. <laughs> now, we know that you've said this, told this story a million times, um, but take us back to Mississippi. Uh, what started the Art of Elysium? Back to Mississippi. Well, first of all, yesterday was 22 years. Wow. Yes. So we had a very emotional day yesterday, just remembering a whole lot of stuff. So being here today means so much. So thank you very, very much for having me. Of course. Um, there was absolutely no intention in Mississippi <laughs> to ever go into nonprofit or charity or philanthropy in any way at all. I um, watched Wild at Heart when I was 16 years old and said, that's what I want to do and took off to film school, went to Emerson and studied film and writing and philosophy and moved to LA with every intention to write and direct. My freshman year at Emerson College, Stephen Hatton, he had been diagnosed at the very end of our senior year of high school with leukemia, but we did a bone marrow transplant. We found a match and he was going through recovery and basically ended up starting college the end of my freshman year. He was like a year behind because of battling leukemia. And whenever I graduated and moved to LA, he relapsed. And it was kind of during that time I was pursuing my dreams. I'd moved out here. Art was my life. It's really all I've ever cared about is the act of creation. And um, when he relapsed, his girlfriend, who was my best friend from home, called me and said, you probably should come home. It's It's been not great. And when I went home, he had deteriorated very quickly and I didn't know what to do except try to make him laugh. So I was very over the top and I would tell crazy stories about Hollywood and anything I could just to try to take the focus off of the illness. And we took him to Memphis for New Year's Eve. And on that trip, he said to me, stop pitying me. I can tell like when people look at me with pity in their eyes and he's like, don't, I've had friends and family by my side every step of this journey. And if it's my time to go. It's my time to go. But if you want to do something, do something for these kids who don't have anyone. And he proceeded to tell me about a little boy that he shared a hospital room with whenever he went to Vanderbilt to see if he was able to have a second bone marrow transplant. And this child's parents were present in his life. They were wonderful parents, but they were working around the clock, multiple jobs. They had th two or three other children. So the child was left unattended in the hospital a lot of his stay. And Stephen just said, you know, do something for those kids. And that was really it. Still no intention whatsoever to start a charity. And I got together 23 friends I went to art school with. And we sat in a conference room at Universal Studios. And it's like, I write, I draw, I paint, I sculpt, I act. And we kind of made a list of what we could take in. And I thought it would be super easy. And I went to Children's Hospital Los Angeles and said, we want to volunteer. And I've got a group of us and, you know, we're artists and we want to come and help. And like, yeah, it doesn't work that yeah. way. <laughs> and they said, you have to commit, I think it was like 200 hours a year. It was a wow. lot. And you have to go through this rigorous volunteer training and you have to show up. And I was like, well, these are working artists. There's no way they can all do that. What if I go through the training and they come in under my volunteer badge? I'll go through it and do that. And, and how old were you at this time? 22. Wow. Such ambition. Yeah. Yeah. It, well, not, no, because there was no intention other than, oh, we're going to go in every now and again and volunteer. That was it. There was no, there's going to be an organization. Mm -hmm. There was no 
intention. But and for I, a 22 year old being told, Hey, no, actually you have to go through a bunch of training and this is going to be hours of commitment. A lot of 22 year olds would be like, Oh, well, that's not going to work for me. So there was obviously a calling within you that said, no, I, you know what? I'm just going to make it through that next step because I can do that. I, and, I definitely think there was a calling that was a quiet whisper. I didn't know it was a calling. And I just knew that Stephen said to do something. And if he was at home suffering the way he was, and we'd grown up together, and I was out here living this LA dream of coming and pursuing your dreams, the least I could do was show up and do the one thing he asked, which was to do something for these kids. So in my head, it was really going to be, okay, we'll volunteer once a week and we'll bring people in. And that was as simple as it was going to be. So I went through the volunteer training at Children's Hospital LA, and mm-hmm. then basically every Thursday from noon till five or six, every hour on the hour, I'd have a different artist come in, but I would coordinate it and they would come in and the very first workshop was musician. And so we did music. And then after that, an artist came in. And so I would just rotate them that one day of the week. And we did the first workshop, August 15th in 1997 at Children's. And by December of 97, the hospital called me in. Scariest meeting of my entire life to this day. I walked in just, you know, I had a diet Mountain Dew. I don't know why that is so clear in my head, but I am from Mississippi. And this idea of this diet Mountain Dew in my hand and like bopping in and it was a conference room and they said, we love what you're doing. We cannot let you continue unless you start a nonprofit. And I was like, what? And they said, you're personally liable for everyone you're bringing in here. It's a liability issue. Um, If an IV gets knocked over, if a child says they're touched inappropriately, if anything happens, you're the volunteer who's gone through the process. And so all of these other people you're responsible for. And I have no idea what that even means. Mm -hmm. I've studied film. Like I'm out here to write and direct. And they. And this was in 97, Mm -hmm. you said. So this isn't just like you hop on Google of like, how do I start a nonprofit? No clue. Like no clue at all. And they referred me to an attorney who is still my attorney to this day. And I go and meet with Matt and he. I get in there and he goes, I have no idea what they sent you to me. I do real estate. I do like, oh. I do investment deals like for like different investments for the hospital and different land deals. And I um, have never had a nonprofit client, but I'm happy to take you on pro bono. And this will be kind of my service too. And he goes, so what do you want to call it? And I was like, oh God, I have no idea. And this is where the divine calling or that little whisper that you see how so many seeds are planted and you have no idea. Um, A girl, her name was Vanessa. I worked with her at Universal at the time and she'd gone to Boston for a business trip. And she came back from this business trip and she comes over to me. She's like, this sounds so weird. I have brought you something back from my trip. And I'm like, that's a little weird. Okay, that's great. Okay. (laughs) And she stands there and she has her hands clasped in front of her. And she goes, I went to this restaurant. And for whatever reason, I just kept thinking about you. And here you go. And she hands me a pack of matches. I didn't smoke. Like, there was no reason. Like, why would you bring me? Like, why would you be bringing me matches? And on the matches, it said Elysium, and it had the definition of the word Elysium. And what is that? It's the inner sanctum of heaven. It's where Greek heroes would go to sit at the foot of God. 
And so they believed that there were tears to heaven. So if you did something heroic on earth, you would sit at the foot of God. And I just always thought that that was the most beautiful word. And she gave it to me and I teared up when she gave it to me. I was like, I'm going to name my daughter Elysium one day. It was just beautiful. I loved the word. And that was that. And I kept them. I still have them. I kept them on my little altar in my house. I put them up there and I was like, one day I'm going to have a little girl named Elysium. And when Matt said, what do you want to call it? I said, Elysium. Mm. Well, you don't realize how many people know that word. Like I am like, I never heard it before, but he looks it up and he was like, yeah, that's not there. And I was like four or five different iterations of how we could do Elysium. And then I sat and I said, well, I've been given this great gift from August to December of seeing not only the impact these workshops have on the children, their siblings, their parents, the doctors, the nurses, but the people it impacts arguably the most are the artists themselves. And whenever we walk out of any workshop, they're talking about, I'm going to go write a song or I'm going to paint or they're inspired from a different place. And that's where we came up with the art of Elysium because it's the art of heaven. If you can connect people in need to people who can give them the power to create, you're creating from a spiritual and divine place. So that's what it means, the art of heaven. It's everything that we do with connecting artists and the communities we serve is, you know, hopefully transcending this life and dipping into the divine. Wow. I love that. that. Can you take us through a day? So what is the process like? So you bring an artist in, let's say a musician, and then do you go room to room to visit the children or is it a specific child that gets the... What, what does it look like? Here you go with this. This is where it gets very confusing for people because there is no rhyme or reason, yet it is one of the most buttoned up programs you've ever seen. <laughs> so we have four different dif- disciplines, art, fashion, film, and music. Let's say you're a musician and you want to teach guitar lessons. That is what you want to bring. And we really ask the artists to dip inside of themselves and figure out what creativity they want to bring to the table. We have done everything from guitar lessons with one child who's waiting for a heart transplant and who is in isolation for nine months to get healthy to have a heart transplant, where we take a guitar player who sits outside of the room because they cannot go in with them. And we have a sterilized guitar inside of the room for them, and they teach through glass. So that is one experience that that artist has come to the table with. We do others where we do bedside visits, and we do go bed to bed to bed, and we do performance. And we'll take percussion instruments in so they can play in bed with the musicians. We have done songwriting workshops where if a writer goes in and there is a child um, who wants to tell their own story, We'll do writing workshops for them and then complete a song. We do not limit ourselves to say this is what a day looks like. It really is what the artist brings in. And to us, that is the spirituality and the creativity and belief of the organization. And so the musicians who go in and and dedicate their time through music they have no idea what's going on on the fashion side. Mm. So and then we have fashion designers um, going in. We just did a prom at an elder care facility. Um, oh, we work amazing. with elders. Um, we started with children, but now we work with hospitalized youth, hospice care facilities, inner city youth, 
elder care, veterans, um, incarcerated youth, and we're expanding into prisons. Um, and our goal is to really bring the power of creativity into everyone who's suffering, because we believe that only through art can you change the world and change your circumstance. Politics sure can't do it. Yeah. And, um, you know what else can't do it? They're taking art out of schools now too, which is so sad. And it's the first thing to go when funding goes. It's because if you eliminate the idea of creation, if you take that away from people, they're a lot easier to control. And I feel like there is a system behind it that's even bigger than we can quite understand. And what we're trying to combat is that idea that you can't create a different reality for yourself. We can. Like, we're infinitely powerful. And we, if we can do what we're really intending to do, which is build the largest endowment for arts that cannot be government controlled, that cannot be out there. And believe me, the NEA is so needed and I could not be more supportive of them. I, by no means, I think what they do is incredible. What we want to create is where we can create an endowment where every school has art, every child has art. Every elder has art. Um, there are so many systems in this country. And I think, again, like kind of stumbling into this the way I did, what I never realized is the deeper you go into service, the more needs you see. And so if you really devote yourself to that, it's a never ending journey. And when you ask what a day looks like, it changes every day. When we started going into elders, had no idea what that process would look like. So who chooses to throw them a prom? I love the idea of an elder prom. So, well, the elder prom, so, and that's where I say is like how things evolve. Uh Um, Amy, who is our, she runs all of our fashion programs. She goes in and they love, they make hats, they make scarves, they make jewelry, they do all the stuff. And she was sitting there talking to one, one of the elders and she goes, yeah, I just never really had a prom. And they started talking about, well, let's do a senior prom. That's amazing. (laughs) And so we just did this senior prom that Amy completely spearheaded and masterminded with all of her volunteers. And they wanted it to be a Mad Hatter prom. So they all made their hats. We got DJs. We got dancers to go in. So we livened it up. Mm -hmm. We decorated it like you would decorate a senior prom. And those are like set designers who come in and do that for us. So literally, if you have a creative talent, there's a way to plug in. And it sounds like it goes back to exactly when you started just the idea for what you didn't realize was going to become the organization of just asking your group of friends, Hey, what do you have to give? What do you have to share? And cause sometimes I think everyone's immediate, obviously I know charities need financial support to be able to run, but sometimes people that can't give that go, well, then what do I have to give? Yes. And I love that that's at the heart of it is like, no, your, your, your spirit and your creativity. If you like to make bracelets, like I'm sure there's an entire crafting division of just, you know, (laughs) if you want to make friendship bracelets, because I know kids love to do that or just as simple as painting. And that is such a universal thing. Yeah. And, and people get really confused by what we do because it's so infinite And back to the question of like what every day looks like, we do about 120 programs per month and work with nearly 40,000 people a year in the community with roughly five to 6,000 artists a year. Each artist is encouraged to come in with what they want to do. So 
ideally, none of those programs look alike. Mm -hmm. We might have a nine-week program that is a self-esteem focused on um, expression, which is called Girl Talk. And it's a division of plastic surgery at, at Children's Hospital Los Angeles is where this program was birthed. And it's a nine-week program dealing with girls who've had multiple surgeries on their face um, due to birth effects and, and various things. It's with the parents and with the children, but we bring artists in and each week there's a different artistic discipline. And what comes out of this, there was this lovely story where we were doing the parent side while we're doing the girl side. And this mother said that they had been, I think it was a Costco, I believe. They'd been at a store and someone was telling their child, the child was like, is that a monster talking about her child? And the mother didn't know what to say. It's like, no, just don't, don't talk about it. And she was like, I felt like such a failure as a mother because I didn't stand up for my child in that moment. So we had actors reenact this scene where she could use her words and say, excuse me, this is what my daughter has. Just so you know, she's not a monster. Like where she had those tools by the end of the nine weeks, she came in and she, she had had a similar situation and she found her voice to explain. So that is a program that, you know, some people that's their only entry point with us. And I used to apologize all the time. I'm like, I just don't get it. People don't understand what we do. Like it, it's so beyond me because I I'm in it every day and living it, but art itself is infinite and the creative process is infinite. I am now unapologetic about not being able to explain what a typical workshop looks like because they're all so special and so unique. Yeah, it's okay to have created something that is so divine that you can't find words for. <laughs> well, and, and that's it. It's like you see the divinity come through these artists and through that connection. And that's what we are. It's like we are these divine beings and we somehow limit ourselves to this idea that we're just here for this lifetime and this moment and we're infinite. And I think through the act of creation, we can best experience God and whatever that looks like to you. But if, you know, it's just people just believe in the Big Bang and there's nothing behind it besides that, there's still creation in that act. Mm -hmm. And I think that if we're at all like our maker, we have to create because every second we're air that we breathe is being created water, resources, everything like earth and existence and life itself is one great act of creation. So I feel like that's the best way to, to share that mm -hmm. is to teach others to create and not look at themselves as limited in any way. And it doesn't matter if you're going through chemotherapy or you're at end of life and you're a hundred years old living in an elder care facility, you can still create joy in the moments mm -hmm. that you have. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back in just a minute. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. 
From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. It's time to get more in 2024. I know for me, one of my goals is to feel really strong this year. And honestly, so far, so good because that's where 310 Nutrition comes in. It's helping me and our listeners in the new year with protein and super rich food products with so many options and flavors. Right now I have the chocolate bliss and caramel sundae and they are both so (laughs) delicious. I have to hide them from my husband so that he doesn't steal them too. They're a triplex protein blend, plant-based proteins that include pea, brown rice, and pumpkin that leave me feeling full. 310 Nutrition also has a hydrate electrolyte drink mix My favorite is the peach mango flavor. So not only am I hydrating and drinking water, I have an electrolyte blend, vitamin blend, and it's sugar-free. With one stick of hydrate mix into 16 ounces of water, and it can provide the same amount of hydration equal to drinking two to three bottles of water. Thank you. This way I can keep my resolution, keep feeling strong, have greater focus, feel refreshed, and maintain my hydration without having to drink as much. One of my favorite refreshing water enhancers they have is the lemonade flavor. It gives me energy. This one's also sugar-free. It's used with real lemons and it's pH balanced. And this also offers the same hydration as two to three bottles of water. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code CHALLENGED and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 for your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products that you know you'll use and will help you keep your resolution. So go to 310nutrition.com and use the code CHALLENGED right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310-nutrition.com and use code CHALLENGED. It's all the good stuff your body needs in flavors you crave. So be healthier effortlessly. With HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit, you'll get easy, seasonal recipes and pre-measured ingredients delivered right to your door. All you have to do is cook and enjoy. HelloFresh makes cooking delicious meals at home a reality, regardless of your comfort in the kitchen. From step-by-step recipes to pre-measured ingredients, HelloFresh gives you everything you need to get a wow-worthy dinner on the table in just about 30 minutes. So you can finally say goodbye to endless grocery store trips and takeout food. HelloFresh offers something for everyone, from family recipes to calorie smart and vegetarian and fun menu series like Hall of Fame and Kraft Burgers. It's so flexible. 
Easily change your delivery days, food preferences, and skip a week whenever you need. Or add extra meals to your weekly order, as well as yummy add-ons like garlic bread or cookie dough. You guys, this is something that has helped me tremendously with little baby Poppy. I mean, it's enough to like think about what you're going to prepare for dinner. With HelloFresh, you don't have to do that. And my husband is from Saskatchewan. He likes the home-cooked meals. They have a meatloaf that is to die for. So for $80 off your first month of HelloFresh, go to HelloFresh.com slash challenged80 and enter code challenged80. That's like receiving eight free meals when you go to HelloFresh.com slash challenged80 and enter challenged80. Support for today's show comes from Bare Minerals, creators of clean beauty. Purity in formulation and uncompromising performance have always been the guiding principles of Bare Minerals because they believe that makeup and skincare should make your skin better, not just better looking. This has been the Bare Minerals philosophy since they began the clean beauty revolution in 1995 with their best-selling original foundation, which offers creamy, lightweight, buildable coverage that's naturally luminous. The clean formula is made with only five good-for-skin ingredients, all minerals, including non-chemical SPF protection. Makeup so pure you can sleep in it, and it actually improves your skin over time. It's everything your skin needs and nothing it doesn't. For Bare Minerals, to be clean without compromise means good for skin formulas with proven performance. Like every Bare Minerals product, it's 100% cruelty-free. Better yet, both the original and matte loose powder foundations are available in 30 shades. Upgrade to clean beauty products. Use the foundation finder at bareminerals.com to find your perfect match. First-time customers will get 15% off when you use the promo code CHALLENGED. That's bareminerals.com promo code CHALLENGED for 15% off your first purchase. Bare Minerals, the power of good. Lola is a female-founded company that believes women shouldn't have to compromise when it comes to feminine care products. Lola products are 100% organic cotton with no added chemicals, fragrances, synthetics, or dyes. They offer pads, liners, BPA-free plastic applicator or non-applicator tampons, plus gynecologist-approved cleansing wipes that are safe for use anywhere on the body. The FDA doesn't require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products, so most of them don't. But Lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons, pads, liners, and wipes. Plus, Lola products come in a simple, customizable subscription. Choose your mix of products, mix of absorbency, number of boxes, and frequency of delivery. Lola's subscription is super flexible. Change, skip, or cancel your subscription at any time. And for every purchase, Lola does donates feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S. You guys, this is such a great company. You benefit. Others benefit. What I love so much about their wipes is you know exactly what's in it and you know what's going in your body, and that's really important. For 40% off your first month subscription, visit mylola.com and enter challenged when you subscribe. That's mylola.com, code challenged. If for anyone that's listening that has thought about starting a nonprofit or currently running a nonprofit, um, I'm sure there's been some, uh, obviously a lot of highs, but then some tough times as well, because uh, it's a lot to take on. Is there, what are some of the biggest lessons that you've learned through the experience? If you can, I know there's probably a um, few. Well, I would encourage anyone who's thinking of starting a nonprofit to research in depth if there's an organization out there that already does what it is they're thinking of doing and either mentor with them for a while or see if that vision can go into a larger vision. Because I do feel like 
at this point, there's so many people who are starting things that are so similar to others that there's a weird competition between nonprofits where I feel like, honestly, we should all come together and pull resources and share office space and share overheads and share a lot of, you know, there are requirements on nonprofits that cost quite a bit of money, quite honestly. It's like what we pay to keep our financials up is absorbing it and you can't really have that donated. And then there are just some compliance issues and stuff that I feel if people who really were dedicated to doing good would band together, that we could be smarter with those resources. And whenever I would, they asked me to start it back in the day, there were a lot of organizations that were focused on music or one of the disciplines, but none of them really did all like where we were doing all of the disciplines. And that was super important to me because I think that art in itself is not based on, you can write and that's art. You can do fashion. That's art. It's It's finding, yes, it's really finding that. So that was super important to me. Um, The biggest challenges really with nonprofits, and I, I would love to know what other people who lead nonprofits think, it's when ego comes into it. Mm. And that is, it's, you know, the act of service and the act of charity itself is to be humble and to live in an act of doing for others and giving to others. I would say the first 10 years of the organization, I never saw ego. Like, if anything, what the Art of Elysium is set up to do is to level egos. An artist or, you know, in L.A. where we started, arguably, you know, a lot of ego in this mm-hmm. town. Anyone who goes in and is of service, that disappears immediately. When we started Heaven, which is our biggest fundraiser of the year, that was a platform where people could come in because we needed to raise money. And so you bring that in. But it was a platform where I think a lot of people saw that they could use the charity as look at me. We were going to ask about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And the first 10 years, everything we did was truly so service-based. And heaven too. It's like, you know, you want all your volunteers to come. You want all this, but you have to sell tickets and raise money. And then you have to bring sponsors in and they want certain people there. So they want to sponsor it. And so you it's basically, the side of it it's, all. it's the business side of it. And that first year was shattering to me. I'm, I'm not going to lie. That first year of heaven was the first time I'm like, oh my gosh, like people can actually manipulate and twist the work we do for their own agendas. And so that was like a real big learning curve. And, you know, heaven, which is definitely intended to show the work we do. We allow a visionary every year to conceptualize their idea of heaven. So we give them the tools where it's never in the same location. It never looks the same. Um, Everyone has a different experience. Some people responds to Marina's heaven more so than they respond to whoever else's heaven. Like it, it's supposed to be a talking point of what resonates with you about what heaven is. So we really designed this to be the mission of the charity. We want it every year to be different. And we want you to understand you're walking into something that was created. It isn't uh, every year, here's your standard chicken dinner. And, you know, it's not what it's supposed to be. But then whenever you do that and you have to bring in um, 
elements that aren't tied to service, mm-hmm. you it's a battle because the act of again, charity itself is to be of service. And then you create a platform where other people can use it and have you ever said it. no to a celebrity because of an ego? I have said no to some people where I just get this thing where I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. But the first year, I just remember it was to this day one of the biggest heartbreaks of the 22 years is we were doing seating and there was a person on the host committee who was there and and doing seating who had never volunteered, never really done anything. Super grateful for seating meaning where people are Yes, where people are seated for the dinner and helping. And you know, it was my first year doing anything at that level and Whenever we were going through it, um, I just said, look, there's three people who matter to me. They are the most important people in the room. And those were Stephen's parents. Stephen's parents and brother were coming out. And Stephen was your friend my friend who, home. My who friend who passed away. Inspired the whole thing. He inspired the whole thing. And I was like, I just want them to be, it, they're the VIP. That's mm-hmm. it. it. This is all for them. There is nobody more important in that room than them. This was created for their son. and. They lost their son. And this woman who was there doing this, she looked at me and she goes, well, what do they look like? And I was like, what? And she goes, do you have a photo? And I'm like, no, like, no. And she goes, no, if they're not pretty, they won't be up front. And I went, this is, I mean, I threw a fit and like we kind of tied up and this was a person again, never has gone in and volunteered. Um. I would have not been saying very charitable words at that point. I didn't. I really lost it. But that was the first time that I really saw, wow, people can look at all the work we do and all the people we help and what this mission's about and somehow make it about... Being pretty. Yeah. And it was shocking to me. That was one of the greatest heartbreaks. And so... When you say like what I would say to other people who want to start a nonprofit or other people who are running nonprofits, it's that balance. Like yeah. you need funding and you need to create um, ways to fund your programs. But that is so separate than your programs. And because of heaven and because of our signature events and because of so many things that we do, there are a lot of people who just know our events. And they never take it to the next step to contact us to volunteer. And the information's always there. And it's so interesting. People are like, well, you should talk about the charity more. You should do a video or you should do this. I'm like, there are videos at everything we do. There's information at everything we do. Either you can pick it up and contact and say you want to come in. We, we don't have the infrastructure or the manpower or the resources to call you and to be like, hey, are you coming in now? Hey, are you coming in now? We have... 6,000 people who pick up the phone and call us and who are regularly in a rotation, but it's not the charity's job to seek out people who want to live and participate in a mission. If people are coming to these events and they don't want to take the next step to actually do the work, it's a problem. And when with us being in Hollywood and all this, it has been the biggest problem we've ever had. I have people who call me every year for heaven who want free tickets or shock that they weren't invited. And I'm like, you've never even volunteered. Yeah, It's never from the people who are actively volunteering 
that we have any negativity. It's always from the people who want to be at these parties, be seen, be there, but don't want to contribute to the actual service work of what we do. That's where the problem lies. And I can understand why it's frustrating because, yes, it does come back to in order to run a nonprofit, you need funding like mm-hmm. you do. It, it, but you've talked a lot about the impact that the actual acts of service and uh, has meant uh, to the people who have come in and the artists that you've brought in. Is there one that stands out to you that you saw someone come in and you just saw the change and the shift? Um, There's so many. Um, <laughs> yesterday we were talking, the The very first workshop that we did, I met a little girl who really came to change my life. Um, she was a foster child. She had cystic fibrosis and she was more or less living at Children's Hospital Los Angeles. And the day that we did our first workshop, she was roller skating on an IV pole down the hall. And she looked like an angel because when you go through CF uh, treatments, you're radiant. The oxygen treatments, you almost look translucent. I don't know how to describe it. You you look ethereal. And so this beautiful child is roller skating or roller, whatever you want to call it, <laughs> down on her IV pole. And she's like, hey, you can play a song for me. And we started doing music with her. And she, at that point in time, was living at the hospital because her mother had left her there and never came back. So she was not well enough to go into foster care. And then eventually she was. And she was placed with a family who took on a lot of medically fragile, fragile children. And we worked with her up until she was 18. And when she was probably about 15, I said to her, I was like, what if I could do anything in the world? Like, what could I bring to you? And she's like, I just would love to have my own place to live. And I said, okay. I said, well, you know, I can't do that until you're 18, but let's get you to 18 and we'll figure it out. So when she turned 18, I got her an apartment and Ryan Seacrest, God bless him. He gave us all his old furniture from a house. And so we put all of that in Tawny's apartment and she lived there and she would come and work in the office with us because she was like, I want to give back because y'all were the hope. Y'all gave me hope while I was there and loved movies, loved all of that. And so we had a ton of people coming in, working with her kind of all the time. And (laughs) I'll cry. She had a double lung transplant, which we kind of had to fight pretty hard to get. She asked to take me to dinner one night and she takes me to dinner and she's like, I'm paying. And she, you know, I, she doesn't really have any money. And I said, okay. And she takes me to dinner and she unbuttons her shirt to show me the scar of her, um, from her transplant. And on top of her scar, she had gotten tattooed the art of Elysium's angel. And she said, I just want you to know that I believe more than anything in art because I've seen what it's done for me. And she's like, it's the only thing I live for or for the experiences I have with you guys. So that's always one. And she sadly passed away and that was heartbreaking. And we had a musician who performed for her all the time, play at her funeral. And again, where you say, what do these days look like? It's Tani had asked that. She was like, I really would like for him to play a song at my funeral. And so that was something we had never done before, but I called the musician and I'm like, would you be willing? He's like, of course I'm there hands down. So it, it's just, how do you through art and how do you through creation 
make the best of these people's lives and what they're going through. Well, you certainly so, are doing that. We're yeah. all in tears right now <laughs> after that story. <laughs> she, we That's were talking. About, we were talking about yesterday, and she was my child. And I mean, I just loved her. And she was, you know, the first patient I ever got to work with, and got to kind of see it all in motion. Mm-hmm. And so her life definitely, you know. And there's so much loss. Like there, there's so much. Another patient that we'd worked with for a long time, and. um he ended up just on machines and they had to make a decision as parents if they were going to unplug the machines or not. And they ultimately decided to because it it just wasn't great. And the only thing he'd ever responded to was this one musician who had gone in and he would just play while the child was lying there. And they asked if he would come in and play while they unplugged the machines. And that was one of the hardest days of my life was I had to stand outside and just sob and the musician held it together so well and we got out of that room and he just fell to pieces and he was just like I don't know how like I don't know I'm gonna get over this and he was like that was the hardest thing I've ever done but in that moment of passing to have music there and to not be alone and to feel that presence and you know that's where with elders it's I, I everybody and again as I say if you're a musician and you go in and you work with the children, you may never know what someone in fashion does who works with the elders or, you know, there's so many different groups and we plug you into what speaks to your heart. But with elders, it's the hardest thing for me. It is very hard for me to go into an elder care facility because I cannot stand what we do in this country to elders. Yeah. It's like, these are the people who should be most celebrated. And so we're exploring ways to do short films to tell about their greatest memory um, writing plays with them so they can, you know, have a legacy that's left with their family that isn't just remembering them in this home and passing away. That is, now while they were in there, they were still teaching us and telling us things. Like we put them in these homes and, oh yeah, grandma's in the home, not going to go there. Oh, do we really have to go today? It's horrible. And in other cultures, those are the wisdom. And we don't listen and we don't tell those stories. And so to go in there, it just breaks my heart Mm -hmm. to see, but to have these writers and have these people go in and say, no, your life means something. What you've learned means something. And it's kind of like this oral tradition. And we're really trying to figure out what that looks like in a more formalized way. So we can start keeping these stories in a place where their families can go online and say, oh, I'm going to pull that up and figure out really what that looks like. It sounds like you become a part of so many families, like anyone that it's, there's this shared community and it's beyond community. It's art that really becomes this like familial experience that like imprints everybody for the rest of their lives. But I think that that is the power of human connection. And I feel like with where we are today, we're so disconnected. These phones and computers, as much as they good they can bring by connecting everyone, because I do think being aware of what's going on all over the world is a huge gift. We're so consumed with our own little bubble that we just don't connect to others. And I try in my walking life, like outside of the charity, to look at a homeless person when I see them, because it's not just the people that we're working with downtown that we know. 
that person has a story and is not able to tell their story, isn't able to tell their pain, isn't able to communicate or transcend that moment because no one is giving them the tools to do that. And if you look around, I feel like there are angels all around us who are saying, give, support, connect, and we just miss it. And Wayne Dyer, who obviously I'm sure everybody knows, <laughs> I mean, he he was one of the greatest of the greats. He tells this story, and I believe it's, I think it's on a spiritual solution to every problem. I think it's in, in that lecture series about um, St. Francis. And St. Francis, I can't remember his little disciple's name, but he kind of had like this doubting Thomas disciple who was always with him. And St. Francis's biggest fear were, was leprosy. And he was always afraid of lepers. And he had a vision. And basically God came to him in the stream and said, you're going to go into town and you're going to hear a bell. And whenever you hear that bell, go over and you're going to see a man whose face is covered in leprosy and you're to kiss him on the mouth and just say, I love you. Like, just be present. And so he tells his little disciple and he's like, oh yeah, no, no, it's a dream. Like, we shouldn't do it. And he's like, no, I, I feel like we need to at least go in. He's like, I don't think that's a good idea. I'm sure it was just a dream. And he's like, no, 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 I need to go in. So he goes into town and sure enough, he gets in and he hears his bell. And he, this kills me. He um, goes over and sure enough, the man's entire face is eaten off with leprosy. And he grabs him and he kisses him on the face. And he says, I love you. And the, it just cloth falls in his arms. And he said, that is what the love of Christ is supposed to be. And again, I don't care what religion you are. That is, you know, what his, his was. But he said, that's it. It's that loving and giving, even when we're afraid to connect, loving and giving when we don't understand each other. And that's what God is. And so in that story, he faced his fears and he loved more than he thought he could love. And we don't push ourselves to do that. We just don't. Like we zone out. There's so much content available now that we can pour ourselves into. And there are so many reasons why we shouldn't get out and do something. There's so many reasons why we just want to go to fancy events, but we really don't want to do the work. There's so much of that, that if everybody could just connect to that idea of we are supposed to be in service to one another. And it isn't about me. It isn't about ego. And Wayne Dyer always said, ego is nothing more than edging God out. And so to have an ego and make it about you, you're pushing God himself, herself away. And so I just think that we have perpetuated this idea of, oh, I need that purse. Oh, I need this new gadget. Or, oh, God, I'm comparing myself to my neighbors because I want a car like theirs. Or And what, that's what's going to fulfill us. Yeah. And it, it's, it's somehow we have our priorities so backwards. And I look at all the craziness in this great, big and wild world. And it is us, like we're the disease on the planet and it's only us who can change it. It's all the resources that are being depleted as much as cancers in our body. We're in this body of earth and we're depleting our resources and we're killing each other with crazy mass shootings. And then all, everybody's saying, let's, let's say prayers. It's, there is a systemic psychological issue that comes from self-absorption. And that's it. It's like bullying and all of these issues. It really comes down to 
I don't think we realize that being human is not our natural state. Spirit is our natural state for sure. And we are pushing these bodies and we're functioning with these egos. And I think the only reason we have to do that is so we can continuously choose love, choose love over hate, choose love over fear. And we don't do that anymore. Like we're so selfish as a country and this America, like America knows best and make America great again. Like all of this stuff is so backwards. It's counterintuitive to what we're supposed to be doing. And be it through the art of Elysium or be it through any other organization, being of service is what we're here to do. We're supposed to shed those egos. And now, I mean, plastic surgery and that, like it's everything is about me, 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 me. And if there is some big battle between the, the devil and God or however you want to call it, right now the devil's kind of winning because they were pushing this inherent truth that we know away. Like we're supposed to be better than this. We're supposed to not pass somebody on the street who's sitting there in need of something and say, oh, yeah, 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 I'm going to my Pilates class. Oh, yeah, 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 let me throw out half of my meal. But there's someone starving on the street. I see it all the time. There are people who have, you know, 20 houses. They're not in maybe a month a year that are sitting there empty. But then you've got all these people. Like There's so many ways that we could combat these issues. And again, through the art of Elysium, I believe that the only way that you can combat those issues is through creating a new solution. And that's writing it out. Like, what does it look like? What does our future look like? How can we change this? And going back to just the simple act of connecting with another human being and looking someone in the eye and saying, I see you and you matter and I'm here for you. Yes. Well, I feel so inspired and I know our listeners do as well. How can they help contribute to Art of Elysium? Well, if they're an artist, I genuinely encourage them to contact us, um, www.theartofelysium.org, and we can plug you into volunteering immediately. We always need funds. Um, We're celebrating 22 years yesterday. Heaven in January will be celebrating our 23rd. We're really trying to use the 23rd year going to the 25th as building an endowment fund of 25 million for 25 years so we can start expanding across the country and start battling issues like art in schools, art in all these elder care facilities, anywhere in this country that there is an artist living in a 20 mile proximity of these facilities, there is no reason there should not be art services in there. And that's what we are really trying to do is implement the infrastructure to be that bridge between artists who want to share their acts of creativity with those in need. And we'll have all the links in the bio, you guys, so you can click right on that too. Thank you so much, Jennifer. Jennifer. Thank oh my God. you so thank much you. for just sharing your story and the art of Elysium's story and just your heart and your time today. This oh my gosh, was, thank you. So this was a great, yeah, I'm so glad this worked out. I feel so thank inspired. Thank you, guys. <laughs> Let's go change the world, guys. Let's yeah. do it. Change the world. <laughs> well, we can wipe our eyes. That was so inspiring. I loved everything about our conversation with Jennifer. I'm so happy that she was able to come this morning to give her time and and also just be honest about what it's like to run an organization. 
that there are beautiful aspects of it. And then the business side of it as well, because I think that's what you don't always hear. And um, I'm sure there's a listener listening somewhere who's maybe thought about starting an organization and now has a better understanding of how to do that Mm -hmm. and feels inspired and also has like a realistic perspective of what that could look like um, or currently running one that can totally relate um, or hopefully a listener who just feels inspired to dive into their community and see where they can give their talents and their time and their art. Well, we all have something to give. It's just sometimes hard to choose how to do it and to find the time to do it, but we can always find the time. We can find the time. We can. Well, thank you guys for finding the time to listen to this episode. We will be back next week. As the creators of Clean Beauty, Bare Minerals is driven by a philosophy that makeup and skincare should make your skin better, not just better looking. That's why their best-selling original foundation is made with only five ingredients, all minerals. For Bare Minerals, to be clean without compromise means good for skin formulas with proven performance. Upgrade to Clean Beauty products. Use the foundation finder at bareminerals.com to find your perfect match. First-time customers will get 15% off when you use the promo code CHALLENGED. Bare Minerals, the power of good. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Mom deserves better than a drugstore card. This Mother's Day, surprise her with a truly special personalized card from Moonpig. Add your favorite photos, a heartfelt message, and we'll even mail it for you the same day, all for just $5. From mom to grandma, we have something to celebrate every mom in your life. Every mom deserves a Moonpig card. Get 50% off your first card at Moonpig.com. Moonpig.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.